Good morning and welcome to Grow Siouxland. My name is Chris McGowan. I serve as your host. I am with the Siouxland Chamber of Commerce and the Siouxland Initiative coming to you this morning from the Siouxland Chamber of Commerce radio studios located on the lower level of our offices at 101 Pier Street in the heart of downtown Sioux City. Wishing you a most enjoyable Saturday and a kickoff to the holiday season. Uh, wishing all of you a pleasant and most enjoyable Thanksgiving earlier this week. Also focused on Small Business Saturday, which is today, an opportunity to go out and support our local brick and mortar stores that mean so much to our community. Uh, those business owners and their staff members who populate our not-for-profit boards of directors, who sponsor our Little League baseball, volleyball, basketball, soccer teams, uh, support those small businesses. Today is the day. Our guests on Grow Siouxland today are a couple of first-time guests. Joining me is the founder and chair of the finance committee of the Warming Shelter, Mr. Joe Twidwell. Also with Joe, uh, Bob Sheehan. Bob has spent his career in not-for-profit organizations in the Siouxland uh, area, and he serves as the chair of the board of directors of the Warming Shelter. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to Grow Siouxland. Thank you very much. Bob, we'll, uh, we'll begin with you. Happy to have you in studio. And as we begin each of our programs, we like to introduce our guests to our listening audience. And for those who have not had the occasion or opportunity uh, to meet you personally or know your background, tell us a little, let's begin with, tell us a little bit about where you grew up. Well, thank you, Chris. And first off, uh, Merry Christmas too. Well, it's not going to—it's not far away. <laughs> yeah, we, right. we are in the—we are in the throes of the holiday season, and uh, and Christmas and Hanukkah will be upon us before we know it. So, That's right. Uh, uh, right back at you. Happy holidays. Thank you very much. So, first, I'm from—I was born and raised in Chicago, uh, sort of in. Uh, you know, in sort of a strange neighborhood, right on the border of Chicago and Oak Park. So I'm going to guess that makes you a Cubs fan. Oh, indeed. A North Sider. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, always with the Cubs. Uh, went to more sack tapes, however, than the Cubs, but was uh, really a, a Cubs fan at heart. Um, and uh, went to school in the city, uh, high school. And I So when you say you went to school in the city, does that mean within the city limits or literally downtown? It was really literally in the heart of the city, almost... Uh, at Jack Jackson and Kedzie. So in the loop. Yeah. That's quite a commute for a high school it kid. Was, it was. It uh, was. But it was like normal things. There was no... It was 17 cents back then, Chris, uh, to with the transfer. But still, how long did that take going in and out every day? Uh, 40 minutes yeah. each way. That's a big commute for a high school kid. Yep. I mean... Uh, let's be honest. That's nearly an hour and a half of commute time. Did you were you opening the books or were you taking a nap? What was normal? Well, not opening the books, <laughs> so it's not normal. So more more just sort of watching and taking naps and uh, just sort of seeing the world go by. So was was there a particular reason that you went to a school that was so far downtown when you lived on the outskirts of the city limits? It was a Catholic school, and all the Catholic schools were all boys or all girls. Sure. My father had gone there, and so that, that was the reason. And tell us what came after uh, high school. What was, what was next? Well, in I went to a guidance counselor and said, I don't think I want to go to the Vietnam War, because that was going on then. And so you graduated from high school in what year? 68. Okay. And they said to me, uh, well, there was just someone here from North Dakota this morning. So I said, okay, I'll go to Assumption College. I'll go there. 
So I applied there and uh, got in. It's in Richardson, North Dakota, which is about eight miles west of Bismarck. Uh, and then I came to Sioux City in 1970. I came here when they said, when there were 10 of us, or there were 96 men and four women in, in college at Assumption. And so 10, 10 of us transferred to Sioux City because Barcliff was just going the other way. It was all women and we were like the second class with men. So that was our motivation to come here. Uh, and I've been there ever since. What did you study? Uh, what was your degree, Bob? My degree was sociology because they didn't have social work at the time. Okay, and after graduating from Briarcliff University, tell us about your professional career progression. So I started at Boys and Girls Home as a counselor, uh, lived with the kids, and I just sort of stayed there until the year 2011. Yeah, what a remarkable commitment, and yeah. thank you, because those of us who have had the occasion to learn about some of the challenges that those children have confronted throughout their life, um, they're, they're really heart-wrenching stories, and thank you for dedicating your professional uh, vocation and career uh, to helping those young people. Uh, before we transition and, and talk to Joe a little bit, tell us about your family. Uh, my family uh, is sort of the heart and soul of my life. You know, they are my three children and my wife. My wife is a professor at Briarcliff, uh, and then my kids are out in uh, Boston, Portland, Oregon, and Denver, so all over the United States. Um, so I'm really happy to uh, have them at the center of my life, and I'm appreciative of that. You're listening to Grow Siouxland on KSCJ, 1360 AM, 94.9 FM. Our guests today represent the warming shelter, Mr. Bob Sheehan, who serves as the chair of the board of directors and the founder of the warming shelter, who also serves as the chair of the finance uh, committee. Um, so pleased that they're able to spend part of their Saturday with us. And Joe Twidwell, the founder of the Warming Shelter, welcome. We're happy to have you in studio. Thanks for having me here, Chris. Joe, I know that uh, you had a 40-plus year career, is that right, With uh, or 20-plus years with Security Bank and retired recently? That's correct. Yeah. How many years? Well, I was 22 with Security National Bank, and uh, I was 22 with uh, another bank before so that. So over 40 years and trust and finance and those types of things. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but if you'd be so kind, tell us about where you grew up. I grew up in Minnesota, and uh, my, uh, my father was an orphan, and uh, family was really big for him. And so uh, he included us in a lot of what he did. As a physician, he would... Uh, uh, actually make house calls, uh, sometimes in the projects in North Minneapolis. I can't help but think of the doctor uh, in the Field of Dreams movie. Yeah. You know, that's the <laughs> image I have in my head of your father, a physician, walking uh, the streets in Minnesota with his physician's uh, bag. Yeah, and, and uh, he invited us to participate with him. Uh, some, some of the people were very poor, and so we'd sometimes bring food boxes. And so one of the treats was on Saturday, if we were going to make a call, uh, we'd go to the supermarket and we'd have a scavenger hunt to see who would get their food, the, the items that were supposed to go in the box first, and then you got to pick the candy bar that all the rest of us got to eat. So, uh, uh, it, you know, my father, uh, Catholic faith, 
very strong, uh, carried that over to me and my family, and very grateful for that. Philanthropy and, and watching out for those less fortunate, uh, a real role model in that regard. Absolutely. Tell us about where you went to high school. I went to uh, St. John's. I was considering possibly the priesthood, and so I was up at St. John's Collegeville for uh, my high school, and then uh, at that point discerned that that wasn't the path I was going to take, and so then I went to Creighton undergrad in law school. Uh, later on, I, uh, uh, at the encouragement of our pastor and my wife, um, I um, discerned the diaconate and, and uh, was ordained a deacon in the Catholic Church about six, 17 years ago now. And what did you study at Creighton as an undergrad? Uh, I was pre-med originally, but uh, then switched over to political science and ended up going to law school. I did not know that about you. I've known you a lot of years, and I did <laughs> not know that you went to law school. Yeah. And so presumably, uh, after graduating from law school, uh, decided to forego a career in the law and, and get into banking and finance instead? Well, actually, I, um, I was a JAG officer for three. I was in the military for 28 years, active in reserve, and I went active duty JAG, and so I was a uh, career prosecutor for the uh, for the army for three years. Yeah. Yes, and uh, lest you remind me that I still have a debt to settle from last year's Army Navy football game. Yes, and here another one <laughs> is on the horizon. So it's either going to be double or nothing, or I need to settle up in short order. Okay. <laughs> so thank you for your service in the army and uh, coming out of uh, active duty. What was next? Um, went into private practice for a couple of years and then into banking. But after I came off active duty, the community at Broken Bow, they didn't have a commander for their Army, Army Guard unit there. And uh, so I branch transferred into armor, and uh, I was originally commissioned infantry, went JAG, and then switched over to armor and branch qualified in armor. And what brought you to Siouxland? Security National Bank. They invited me to come up. Um, I had had some experience in working with uh, uh, multiple sites for trust operations. And so I, uh, Rich Waller and Doug Rice and uh, Dave Holub invited me up here and said, would you ever consider going back into banking? I had stepped out of banking uh, down in Fremont, and I was a partner in a law firm for a couple of years doing litigation and uh, they said, would you consider coming back into banking? And it, it was the best move I ever made. I'm so happy to be here. A great fit and uh, over 20 years uh, with Security National Bank. And uh, Joe, before we go to commercial break, uh, tell us a little bit about your family. Uh, my wife, Diana, is a retired nursing professor from USD. Got three kids and nine grandkids. Um, they, they're in Florida, Kansas City, and Fort Dodge. Uh, my my daughter, much to my surprise, just last week was elected to the city council over in Fort Dodge, Iowa. Never thought I'd have a politician in the family. But <laughs> now you do. Now I do, and I got nine grandkids, too. And well, that's wonderful. You're listening to Grow Siouxland. Our guests today 
are Mr. Joe Twidwell, who is the founder of the Warming Shelter. Uh, jo joining Joe today is the chair of their board of directors, Bob Sheehan. Many of you know Bob for his many, many years of leadership associated with Boys and Girls Home and Family Services. Again, we're wishing you a very pleasant holiday weekend. And remember, today is Small Business Saturday, so get out and support those locally owned and operated bricks and mortar businesses uh, with your dollars today. We'll be right back with more on Grow Siouxland after this short commercial break. Looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial property in Siouxland? One call is all you need. NAI United, the largest and highest producing commercial real estate firm in Siouxland. Speak with Bo Bronger, Nick Madsen, Aaron Rooney, Nate Connolly, or Chris Bogenreid. NAI United has the answers to your questions for commercial real estate in all corners of Siouxland. All NAI agents are licensed in Iowa, Nebraska, and South Dakota. Put NAI United to work for you today. Go to NAIUnited.com and learn more. NAI United, uniquely positioned to serve your needs. Welcome back to Grow Siouxland. Chris McGowan with the Siouxland Chamber of Commerce and the Siouxland Initiative. So pleased that you've decided to spend part of your holiday weekend with us. We hope that you enjoyed a pleasant Thanksgiving holiday with uh, family, friends, and loved ones. We appreciate you joining Grow Siouxland, where our guests today are Bob Sheehan of the Warming Shelter. Bob, after a career leading Boys and Girls Home and Family Services as their executive director, now serves as the chair of the board of directors of the Warming Shelter, along with Mr. Sheehan, Mr. Joe Twidwell. Joe, who spent 22 years with Security National Bank, uh, working in finance and trust, is the founder of the Warming Shelter here in Sioux City. And Joe, let's begin the second half of the program uh, with your vision for the Warming Shelter. How many years ago, and what was the catalyst? Uh, we've had 10 completed seasons. We're going into our 11th season now. We consider a season November 1st through April 1st, because... Uh, originally, the uh, the shelter started in the soup kitchen. Um, one day in a, a very cold December day, uh, Evelyn, our wonderful director that was there for many, many years, a lot of people uh, remember her, she called me up and said, we have this individual who is... Uh, he, he's soaked in his own urine. He is in uh, basically not able to communicate effectively doesn't look like he's drunk but if we put him on the street he's going to freeze to death what should we do and so we put a cot in the front of the soup kitchen um, she provided him with clean clothing come to find out everybody's perception of this individual was that he was a drunk but when in reality he had been a, uh, a cement finisher here in town for 26 years for one of our big construction companies and was a brittle diabetic had no family members, and so because of the untreated diabetes, he, that, was, that caused his incontinence, and he actually had cataracts so profound that he couldn't, if he looked straight at you, he couldn't tell who you were. He could only see on the peripheries. Um, thanks to Evelyn and the soup kitchen board, we were able to get him treated through the community center, but in the process of doing that, we found that there were a lot of people that were on the street several every year that were dying because there wasn't any place for people to go who were substance impaired or incapable of managing themselves. And of course, as winter beckons and the temperatures drop, uh, that becomes profoundly more important. And as the old saying goes there, but for the grace of God, go I. And we're reminded of the importance of sensitivity to that. Bob, you spent your career 
helping families and many times those less fortunate through very difficult circumstances. Now you're retired, but you remain engaged in this kind of not-for-profit work. Tell us what attracted you to the warming shelter. I think my attraction to the Sioux City Warming Shelter was my work with, in the warming shelter down in the Omaha area. For five years, I did a little work down in New Visions. And what I learned is that, first of all, there were, there were three uh, adolescents that I worked with that were now adults. They were coming to us and seeing us every day in the, in, the, in the shelter. And I thought to myself, you know, first of all, I had to deal with, did we fail? Did the child welfare system fail these people? You know, but, you know, three out of so many, that's pretty good. Because, uh, but there were, there were people that we would call a failure, but we would have to call them something else. And so we had to call them, maybe they'll get it this time. Maybe, maybe they need another chance. Maybe uh, someone has to give them that. And so that's what we started to do down in Council Bluffs. And that's what the Siouxland Felt uh, Shelter was doing here. That's what attracted me. There were no rules. There wasn't a regulation on you had to be sober to get in. You had to, the only thing that you could not bring was violence. Violence was not accepted and still is not accepted. But other than that, everything is accepted. You're always welcome at the shelter because what we may say to you may change your life. And yeah, you may, in fact, stop drinking. You may, in fact, not have mental illnesses affect you forever. Uh, you may have all these things that happen to you. You're listening to Gross Land, where our guests today represent the warming shelter. And Joe... I know that a profound part of what you're doing is to save lives in the bitter and frigid winter months, but that comes with some criticism because you don't require sobriety for someone, and you have put the premium on saving a life over that sobriety, but receive some criticism in the community for that, for that posture. I uh, want to make sure you have an opportunity to identify the motivation and the reasoning for that decision. Well, uh, just as a point of clarification, you know, we we don't allow people to bring alcohol into the shelter. When somebody comes to the shelter, they we look at their belongings. We don't allow them to bring weapons or or alcohol or drugs into the shelter. But there is there was no place other than jail for people who were substance impaired to go. And, you know, one, uh, is jail the appropriate place for somebody that has a, a substance abuse problem? Uh, it, from the taxpayer standpoint, it's very costly to do that. Um, it costs us about $10 to, do, to uh, shelter a person, whereas uh, picking up somebody on public intoxication just a couple of years ago, the estimate was about $250 for, of the taxpayer's money. But going to Bob's point, you know, all these people, 80% are from Siouxland, and these were somebody's son or daughter or brother or sister. And until you have somebody in your household that is, you know, during holiday season, it's going to be interesting because people will come home and they, these people with substance abuse will come home and then they get kicked back out again by the family members. And so 
if you had one of those people in your house and you said, you just can't be around us anymore because you're harmful to the family, the relationship, where are they going to go? Uh, and right now there's over 200 outstanding housing vouchers in town, so there, there aren't uh, low-income rental properties for people. So this is basically an alternative in exigent circumstances, and in many cases, uh, a gesture of life-saving assistance. Yes, it is. Uh, again, if we were not open, we would uh, not be, uh, there would be no place for these people to go. Uh, and so, as Joe has said, you know, it really had, there was no place in town accepting the person where they were at. There's, there isn't a mental health system, there isn't a substance abuse system that's strong enough to hold the 100 plus people we have each day. You know, they don't have anywhere else to go. And so, and, and even the substance abuse is masking the mental health issues often. Joe, in the final couple of minutes that we have together, how much does your faith inform your action in this charity? Well, absolutely. Uh, I mean, if you go to Matthew chapter 25, where, you know, it's called Judgment of the Nations, and, uh, you know, Jesus says, you're going to heaven. Unfortunately, you're not the other ones. And he said, well, why are we going to heaven? Because you fed me, because you sheltered me, because you gave me something to drink. And, and, and it's interesting, the people say, well, when did we see you? And the ones that he says, unfortunately, you're not going, they go, well, we didn't see you to give you that opportunity. Yeah, you did. You saw those people, and we see those people all the time. Um, and as Bob was saying, we're housing over 100 people a night, plus seven families. There is no true emergency family shelter in the community. We're at a point where we're having more families coming in than we've got space for them. Whatever you do for the least of my brothers and Joe, we're going to finish our program with you today. What is it that you would like our Siouxland community to know about the warming shelter that they may not realize? Well, first and foremost, one of the points Bob makes to us is that this is a community issue. It is not uh, it's, it's not specific to one group of people, one age, or anything. It is the community. And until you talk to some of the people who have relatives who have substance abuse problems or mental health issues, and they don't know what to do with them, it's, it's, it's a major challenge. want to thank you both for joining us today. Final thoughts, Bob, in the 15 seconds we have together. We need you. We need your help. And so whatever financial you can do for us, we need you. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. You've been listening to Grow Siouxland on this holiday weekend with a message about the warming shelter in downtown Sioux City. Our guest, Mr. Joe Twidwell, the founder, the chair of the warming shelter, Mr. Bob Sheehan. Gentlemen, happy holiday weekend and wishing you a Merry Christmas and a happy new year as we look toward 2024. Thank you, Chris, and thank for, thanks for having us here. We'll be back with more on Grow Siouxland next Saturday morning. Go out and make it a great weekend. And remember, this Saturday is Small Business Saturday, so spend your dollars locally.